You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we have a fantastic show planned for you today. Why do you ask? Because Cleve Adams, who's the founder and managing partner for Trestles Group Incorporated, is our featured guest. Welcome to the program, Cleve. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be here. And congratulations on the longest running show in Orange County. That's pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, we've been doing this since 2009 in one form or another. So let's uh, let's look yeah. at you as the entrepreneur, my friend. Can you share your original motivation and maybe the inspiration to start Trestles Group? Well, you know, Trestles Group started. Well, let me go back just a little bit. So I was uh, started a company back in the 90s called WebSense. Uh, I don't know if anybody on the show has ever heard of WebSense or not, but they were one of the first cybersecurity companies. And I think uh, the first cybersecurity unicorn ever. We talk about unicorns these days. So uh, being uh, starting the company, we had two guys and a dog and a plastic table, right? And then we had a product that we uh, uh, launched and uh, partnered with companies like Cisco and Checkpoint and Microsoft. And then about three years later, we did an initial public offering of stock and uh, the company was worth over a billion dollars. So not a bad startup. And uh, since then, uh, the company have, was purchased by Raytheon for over two billion dollars. And uh, now it's owned by private equity. So a great start to a great company and, uh, you know, one of the first cybersecurity unicorns. And I think the first SaaS company as well. Mm. So we were a software as a service as people subscribed to our service. And I think in the 90s, that was the first SaaS company out there. And as SaaS before SaaS was even coined the phrase, phrase SaaS. So anyway, so the first SaaS company in existence, and if not the first, the second cybersecurity unicorn, so yeah, really early on cybersecurity company, it was very successful. So how did that lead you to the Trestles Group? Well, what happened is that uh, we, when we left, uh, when I left WebSense, uh, I was too young to retire. So I was mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to do. So basically what I did is I started a company to help other entrepreneurs in the space. You know, if entrepreneurs wanted to start cyber companies or SaaS companies or even artificial intelligence companies, we were doing everything we could to help them. For instance, uh, giving them, uh, you know, introductions into ways to raise money or introductions into executives that could help them, you know, fulfill their plans or uh, help being the executives that they hired, uh, you know, from marketing to sales, to business development, to engineering, having a group of guys on board that could help any way, anything an entrepreneur needed. So that's how Trestles Group got started. It's a funny story how it initially got started. When I left WebSense, I was trying to figure out something to do. Well, when my wife had had enough of me and kicked me out of the house, uh, so I went downtown where I live here and rented an office. And in renting that office, uh, I got a phone line and an internet line and the Wall Street Journal. And 
every morning I'd get up and say, bye, honey, I'm, I got to go to work. And so uh, in doing that, one day I got a phone call from a friend of mine that said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm reading the Wall Street Journal. And he said, well, would you come and help me? I need some help with my company. So that turned into uh, getting referred into another account, which getting referred into another account. The next thing you know, I was helping multiple startup companies be successful. Then I got a call from companies like Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan, the guys that uh, were the biggest investors in WebSense and also the companies that uh, took WebSense public, wanting to know if I could help with their portfolio companies. Hmm. And that's really how it all got started. And that's led me to be a, a six-time CEO um, and uh, specializing in cybersecurity and artificial intelligence and uh you know hopefully keep that uh, keep that going uh, and when i'm not ceoing i'm still helping other entrepreneurs figure it out so let's talk about uh, the firm in a little more detail today what are you doing in the trestles group and who are you helping and what problems yeah. are you solving so i have uh so we have a total of 11 clients right now in various stages a uh, couple of them, uh, we are, uh, you know, helping them raise money, a venture capital firm uh, funds uh, through either venture capital or family offices here in the Southern California area. Uh, others, we are helping them with revenue. So let's say that you're a, a new company and uh, you have a few million in revenue. And the one thing you haven't had, you don't have is Fortune 500 accounts or global 2000 accounts to add to your resume. So we go out and, and help introduce them and close those deals as well. So we do business development. Uh, we do product development. We have a team of engineers uh, that can help you not only develop your product, but build it. And then we have marketing guys that can help you market it. So it's kind of a full service. Hey, what do you need? Uh, do you need money? Do you need management? Do you need product? Do you need marketing? That type of thing we can help them with. So you've been in the cybersecurity field for a little bit of time, Cleve. How has it changed? Yeah, just as long as just about anybody that I know. So I've been around since the very beginning when there were just a couple of companies in the space. 1996, 1997 timeframe is when we started the company. And there were only a handful of companies in the cyberspace at that time. So what's changed as far as oh, challenges? You know, the funny thing is that I, I give us, I go around speaking about this, what's changed. So when I was there, when WebSense started, we, we had what, uh, Cisco, uh, Checkpoint, Microsoft, uh, WebSense, uh, McAfee, John McAfee, and, uh, you know, a company called Semantic. That was about six companies. That was about it in cybersecurity. And then obviously in 98 and 99, that, that grew quite a bit. Well, today uh, in April, I went to the um, uh, RSA show, which is the big security show in San Francisco every year for security companies. And they had about 1,100 vendors there that uh, were in the cybersecurity space. And those are the ones with booths. Hmm. So, um, you know, I think there were 20 or 30,000 people, 1,100 vendors. I mean, it's, it's, it, the market has grown so much and became so diverse. And it's moving so fast uh, that it's hard to keep up. You mentioned artificial intelligence, and I wonder as I <clears throat> I'm trying to follow it because it's 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 evolving at such a 
fast pace it changes like monthly it feels like but i'm wondering how ai will either help cybersecurity companies or hurt other companies because the bad guys well, figure out how to use it right that's a great question so to me it's going to help cybersecurity companies right Good. you can only anything you can do to be better at predicting what's going to happen next and projecting what's going to happen next uh, you know that's that's the holy grail that's what you really want to do you want to protect the data at all cost so if you can kind of predict what's happening next and put together analytics and with artificial intelligence, it's gonna help you know what's gonna happen in the future. Well, that's only gonna help cybersecurity. But AI is only gonna hurt cybersecurity, right? Because the hackers are smarter than we are, to tell you the truth. They'll, they're gonna find a way to, to uh, hack into your system using artificial intelligence and asking you ever so politely, hey, what's your password? Or, you know, how do I get into your network? You know, or there's going to be a lot of things that if you go to chat GPT and ask them to change your password, well, they'll come up with paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of what you should do with your password, why you should change it. And then it gets you to change your, your password. Well, once you change your password, they have you. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting what's happening today. I think that uh, it's not just the password thing, but, you know, it's if they break into your server, if they break into your network or anything they're going to do, I think artificial intelligence is only going to help them. So hackers are going to get smarter. They're going to get more intelligent. They're going to use artificial intelligence to bang away and bang away and bang away where the humans, we couldn't keep that up for every extended period of time. But then... You have artificial intelligence injected into our cyber products, which are going to be able to recognize that and going to be able to act on that and hopefully predict what's happening. So it's going to be a fight uh, where no one wins. Yeah, it really is a fight, isn't it? It's the new it's a new element of warfare in many ways, the cybersecurity and cyber protection. We people really don't maybe is. appreciate really how sophisticated these attacks really are especially when you involve nation states, not just individual hackers who are looking to make money somehow. That's right. And, so. and the Chinese and we know and the Russians and, and all the other countries that are out there are very good at this. And so they really think that, uh, you know, that they can come out and, and hack things that, uh, that we're not protecting. Right. So we really have to be more diligent about protecting the data. Remember, that's all they're after. They're not after you. They're not after me. They're not after the server. They're not after the network. They're after the data. Hmm. And so if we can find a better way to protect the data, well, that's going to be the way that artificial intelligence is going to help cybersecurity companies by being better at protecting data. There you go. From your lips. That's let's right. Hope. That's let's right. Hope that's the case. So, you know, you we're having a lot of fun. We're having, as you can see, we're having a lot of fun in the area. You know, I was right. specializing in cyber and I was hopefully jumping into AI and now they're kind of merging. So next thing you know, it's going to be a cyber AI or I even think there are cyber AI companies now. So right. I'm pretty sure of that. So, yeah, I think it's going to merge and, and it's going to be one big happy family, right? It's going so to be you a mentioned war in the wars. Your multiple CEOs of different companies that you've helped along the way. I'm wondering, from your perspective, what is a transactional CEO? 
what role do they perform? And well, you know, that's a I kind of made that up, right? Um, somebody introduced me one day in New York City uh, at a meeting that I had in the in the lobby, and they introduced me as a transactional CEO. And so I was thinking about that. I go. Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense because I was hired the last four times that I was hired uh, to run a cybersecurity or an AI company uh, has been to sell the company. Mm. So the last one was an AI analytics company, which was based in Washington, D.C. And I was brought on by the private equity firm that invested in and owned most of the company and said, hey, uh, we want you to come on board. All we have is is our founder, which is a great guy, and he got us to this level, but we want to get it to the next level. We don't think he has the right stuff. We want to bring you in to help. So basically what happened is I was hired by the private equity firm to come into the company for a transaction, figure out what it's going to take to sell the company, and then let's go sell it. So the first three or four months, I evaluated the company from every level I could, from sales and marketing to engineering to finance to support and service, you know, all the all the areas of a company. And and when I did that, I uh, found out that, hey, what what parts are broken? What parts are not? What parts can I fix? What parts should I leave alone? Those types of things gave my recommendation to the board. Uh, we went forward on fixing the problems. And I. I I use an analogy of a sports car, right? When you have a sports car, you need all eight cylinders of that sports car running in order for you to win the race. And if you have one of those cylinders fouling out, the plugs are bad, the fuel lines are bad, something, and it's not running right, you're probably not going to win that race. You're probably going to come in last. So you really need to keep your sports car very fine-tuned in order for you to win the race. And that's kind of the same thing with a startup company or, or any company for that matter. You need every single group and division in that company uh, to run as best as they could, operationally efficient as possible, in order for you to win the race. And that's so that's what a transactional CEO does. He makes sure that everything is working and revenue is increasing. Marketing's doing their job. Engineering's doing their job. The roadmap of where they're going is clear. And the goal of what they want to do is clear. And then once you have all that in place, then you can hire the bankers and the lawyers and do all the things to find the and find the uh, acquiring company and hopefully close the transaction. So that's what a transactional CEO is. So that's a good term. I'm glad that uh, we had a chance to define it here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show because the guy that comes in and figures it out to sell the company, right? And you know, sometimes companies have. We all know that sometimes companies come with great CEOs. You know, look at you know Apple and Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg seems to be. A, a great CEO because Facebook has done so well. And, you know, there are a handful of companies in the tech industry with great CEOs, but most of them aren't. Hmm. And so basically what you have to do is come in and be the guy that helps that founder or that CEO get where he wants to go. Yeah, and that's super valuable, especially if they're getting ready for a sale, the multiple, et cetera, that you can benefit. I'm sure there's a positive, powerful ROI on a transactional CEO, Cleve. 
Yeah, um, you know, you tr you try, Rick, as, as much as you can, and, and some of them turn out great, and some <laughs> of them don't. And so you just, uh, you know, you have to, it's a, it's a, you know, throw the dice. And uh, luckily, the last few of them I've done have been, uh, you know, return on investment for the investors has been really, uh, has been good. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you yeah. should reach out to Cleve if you have a need. Um, That's right. What have you found? Can, can you distill down a few secrets to success for a technology company that wants to end up as a unicorn? Because I, I feel like many early stage technology companies, that's part of their business plan, or at least in their wish, wish list. Well, definitely a part of their wish list, right? Yeah. So I have found out after doing this for 30 years, that if you focus on revenue and the attainment of revenue, then that's really where you want to go. So if, if you think about it, if you're the best company in the world, your product is great, your market is great, your management's great. But if your sales are not growing and your sales are flat, well, you have a problem. But if you're the worst company in the world with the worst product in the worst market and your sales are going through the roof, who cares? So I found out a long time ago that if you focus on revenue, then everything else has to fix itself. Because if you focus on revenue, the product has to work and the market has to be growing and the management team has to be working together because engineering has got to be talking to finance, got to, that has to be working with marketing, that has to be working with sales and everything kind of gels. And so if you focus on revenue, then everything else has to work as well or the revenue is not going to grow. So then you focusing on revenue really opens up the problems in the company uh, because if you have a deal and you can't close it because engineering is not ready with the product, well, then engineering is the problem. If you have a deal and you can't close it because your support and your customer success team can't get it to run and can't get it up and running, well, then you've got a problem. And then if you if your marketing team doesn't get you enough leads and you can't close enough, don't have enough leads to close enough deals, well, then you've got to fix marketing. So you can see how it all kind of comes back to, you know, if I can achieve the revenue goal, then everything else has to work. And having that incremental revenue gives you the money to invest in the areas where they're maybe broken or need a little bit more attention to. So, yeah. Hey, sales cures all ills <laughs> in, in business, right? That's, and, that was... uh, and it's, it's great. And uh, there are a lot of companies out there with, uh, with not the best products on the market that do great right. because their sales and marketing are excellent. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of technology out there that never made it uh, because it wasn't sold or marketed properly. Mm -hmm. So you can see that it really has a lot to do with, uh, you know, revenue. Yeah. Momentum is a beautiful thing in business. And if you have it, keeping it is really valuable. And I can see how you would provide value in that area. So let's uh, let's look to tomorrow, Cleve. You're not done yet. What what's that's the next what, what do you see for the future? What are, you, what are you going to be doing when you come back on the program at some point? Well, I'm really interested. So I've done th in three different markets lately. I've done cybersecurity. Obviously, we've talked about that. I've done artificial intelligence. We've talked about that. The last company I sold was an AI based ESG company where they were taking data from buildings 
using artificial intelligence mm. to parse through that data and make recommendations on how you can lower your carbon footprint wow. or how you can lower your energy consumption. I think that's a good market too. There's a lot of investing going into that market. So it's, it's uh, using artificial intelligence to create, uh, you know, uh, it's called climate tech. I think it's called these days. So I think that area, prop tech or climate tech, I think that's going to grow quite a bit uh, in the future as well. So cyber, artificial intelligence and climate tech, something you can use technology to decrease your carbon footprint and reduce your energy costs. I think that's going to be an interesting play as well. So that's what I'm doing in the future right now. I'm, I'm uh, real busy at Trestles Group helping other companies, you know, get their, get to their goals. Uh, also out looking for a great uh, uh, interim or fractional or full-time CEO gig where I can help the company uh, do what it needs to do for an exit. So it, that seems to be a very good market for me. And so that's the kind of thing I'm looking at. Artificial intelligence, cyber, uh, using AI and carbon footprints, uh, climate tech stuff, and hopefully finding uh, companies out there that need a uh, an adult to come in and help with their uh, with their portfolio company. Maybe they need a transactional CEO, Cleve. Maybe they do, Rick. And maybe they do. And, yes, and so. hopefully with the show, they'll find they'll find one. That's part of the reason why we do it is to raise awareness for the guest. Mm -hmm. If you could, if someone would like to reach out to you and connect with you, find out more about the Trestles Group, what should they do? It's pretty simple. It's my name, Cleve, C-L-E-V-E at trestlesgroup.com. I think that's the easiest way. Send me an email and uh, and I'll send over my uh, contact information like my uh, cell phone and so on and we can get together and chat. It'd be always I'm always open to talking about opportunities with people. I think uh, you know I'm, I'm not one to pass up a good opportunity. I love the, the uh, opportunity to help others uh, fulfill their dreams as well. Well, I appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time today to share your story and talk about your company. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rick, and you have a great day. Thank you. I'd like to thank the audience. You've been a part of Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Uh, Cleve's interview today joins our catalog of over 1,400 interviews with Orange County entrepreneurs and business owners that we've done over the years. If you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you have a story to tell and you'd like to share it here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show, then reach out to me. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I on LinkedIn. Coincidentally, that's also my website, rickfranzi.com. And we can have a conversation and possibly schedule you for a future appearance on our program. And until the next time we all have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. <laughs>